the future of photography. Hey everybody and welcome back to the future of photography. Uh, my name is Adrian and this is show 140 and we've got a thoughtful piece for you this week I am sure. Uh, sadly um, due to uh, uh, technology being too clever for its own good chris can't join us this week um he's in the midst of a a crisis of some sort a technical crisis um but that does mean that there are still three of us left which is the good thing about having a team of four so jeremiah how you doing uh covid fine uh as we kind of struggle here in california but uh, all is good around and um very productive and uh, experimenting with some actual in-studio photography today and thought it would be good to touch on one of my favorite studio photographers. Ah, interesting. Ema, how are you doing? Mm. All good, all good. Back to work. Art Centre opened officially today, so um, doors open to the public again. A little bit strange, but everybody's getting used to um, just post-lockdown we're in at the moment here in Ireland, so yeah all good all good oh glad glad to hear it glad, to, glad and to how are you doing well Adrian? thank you for asking um i'm doing all right actually um what's what's new here we're, we're sort of sort of a post-lockdown world the uk is starting to open up a get a bit um uh and get and we can get out a bit more um but uh you know nothing nothing major to report um i'm i'm trying to figure out how it is that we can order uh, order excuse me how it is that we can organize safe um photo walks so mm. i don't i don't i certainly wouldn't want to do anything that was risky or against the rules uh, so it had to be very small numbers and and big eyed open spaces and stuff like that but uh, uh i'm not quite sure if it's allowed yet but i'd like to have a plan in place for when the uk allows that sort of thing again well, we did a bunch of opening here, and now we're on the verge of closing again because <laughs> yes. everybody rushed out to the bars and rushed out to party and rushed out to restaurants. And two weeks later, it exploded, and now we are contracting. Uh, so it's up and down. Just be careful. Yeah. I wonder, Adrian, would it be interesting to do something whereby um, it was more sort of digital and that you set the challenge online in some way um, in a specific area, but that people sort of um, almost did the walk solo. And then afterwards, the discussion and the kind of um, showing the shots and stuff could be done again in a kind of a digital way. I, I think that's a really a, good idea. It is a really good idea. Maybe we should put some thought into that. I have done, uh, you know, uh, things like challenges and assignments on on podcasts before, um, which can be good fun, um, you know, and uh, and a good thing to get everybody out and get the uh, get get everybody to 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 be a bit creative around the same theme, which is um, it would be it would be like a little treasure hunt. Only Wouldn't the it? treasures yeah, would yeah. be uh, the the somethings. Oh, what do you call that um, geocaching, is it? Where, um, Uh, is that what you call it? Where people kind of hide things and other people come along and discover them. You could do something really fun with with that. Sure. Yeah, I've never thought of blending. I've never done the geocaching stuff. Um, I've heard it's quite good fun, though. I've never, but I've never, blending it with photography might be interesting. I suppose in geocaching, most of it, maybe you have to take 
photographs of what you find anyway to prove you were there but exactly you know what i was looking at today actually was qr codes which i've never really i thought they were dead and buried in a way but i think no i think with you know all this no contact stuff now that um i've kind of come across them in restaurants over the weekend and stuff for menus and it's 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 clever way to so could you hide qr codes links to um images or <laughs> i don't know yes yeah, basically you spray a qr code on the bottom of a stone which must be overturned it's <laughs> be good, it takes it? you to the next part of the map this is getting a bit banksy-esque isn't it, it although, is, although it banksy is. was out and about yeah. recently in london on the underground trains yes um, and uh, yeah. they've cleaned away his new artwork mm. So anyway, um, today's theme, and we are going to present this kind of over the course of a few weeks, uh, maybe not in sequence, but we will attempt to do this. And we're going to talk about our influences, uh, each of us um, as photographers, and to the extent that those influences uh, are with us today, were with us when we developed and were with us when we were inspired to actually pick up a camera. Um, I think it probably is bear it probably bears a little bit of discussion about what exactly an influence is without making an assumption for everybody that is universal but um i'd like to ask that question of our of our two esteemed photographers of what they believe their influence is not a human yet but what an influence would be in their world Oh, that's a good question. The, the theoretical bit to start us off. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's have a think about that. Um, you could have put this in the prep notes, of course. No, then <laughs> so it, wouldn't, it would have been work too worked over. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I think of as an influence? Um, I, I, in preparing for this conversation, I was thinking about influences, people whose photography has influenced me and, and the photography I make. And it, it, when I think about the the photography that has had most had an impact on me i get into two challenging areas straight away one is how is that related to the future of photography and i've, and I've tried to work on that in preparation for this conversation um uh, that's a constraint that comes from this particular podcast i suppose rather than anything else but the other thing is do i in, in what way is my image making influenced or, or am i more inspired and i have to say i think for me personally when i think about an influence it, it is it is closer on the spectrum to inspiration rather than rather than copying um, or maybe that's just a definition of the word influence i don't know jeremiah was does that count as an influence or is it more of no i i think that that's a very interesting distinction and i could probably make one for myself uh an inspiration is um a, a moment of heightened awareness um, that is a reaction um, to a moment or a work or a technique, not necessarily photographic, but it is mm. something that sparks a lateral um, uh, feeling, um, imaginary or kind of rooted, uh, that drives you forward in your own path, in your own work. So it's not necessarily related to, to art or expression, but it, if we're kind of constraining it by that, I would say that I could walk 
um, along a path and see the way the light hits a certain stone, which may have some mica in it, and that mm. mica reflects the light, and that kind of, whether it's translucent uh, aspect or rainbow uh color within a gray rock just kind of provokes my thinking into uh, another world, uh, a world that um, charges me to express that emotional response into another platform. So that, that's how I would take as um, inspiration. Mm. An influence is someone who I, I would relate it more on the technical side um, or an approach. Um, either or, I think it's it's more mechanical. Uh, that's just for me. I don't. I'm not suggesting that it's the same for everyone. Mm. But when I look at an influence, I went, "What is it in the workflow and mind of this photographer that drove him along a certain path to then express his own work in uh, a specific way?" So often, I will I will absorb an influence. I'm thinking back. Um, but I would, I would absorb an influence as someone who would charge me to initially imitate to see if I can manifest the technical understanding of their expression and then fold it into something that I would want to do. And that would be a little bit different. And how it relates to the future of photography is very simple. Do you think that our own work will be influential moving forward, are we the influences of um, a young photographer, someone just starting out as a teacher, as someone, even in this podcast, who would spark a kind of journey into this uh, realm of exploring the world through photography. And so influences, I think, um, can be very um, generous. And when one is learning a craft, uh, one tends initially to just learn the technique and copy. Um, Picasso learned, you know, classic techniques before he was able to kind of break that out and develop his own way of expressing. So that's how I differentiate. Emer, what do you think? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of tend to agree with Adrian in that um, influence has a different connotation or something. I don't know. Now, I didn't study photography. I didn't study photographers. I, I studied art. So my um, first exposure to photography was through art. And in my own personal, um, my favourite type of art was land art, when that was what really influenced me. And it just so happened that so much of that um temporary kind of ephemeral type of art needs photography to capture the moment or it's gone. So that was my way into it. So it's not even, I can't even name a photographer that I would say, okay, yeah, I'm influenced by them. It doesn't work like that for me. So So your photography is influenced by kind of classic philosophical um uh, notes, which is the old adage of "if a tree falls in the woods," <laughs> I, but and also no one I sort is of there, also doesn't make a sound. <laughs> I also agree with your point that um, you know, being inspired by just the way the light falls on a rock or something, um, or or a, a nice texture of lichen or something like that is is another thing that would grab my attention. But all I want to do then is capture it 
kind of for myself before anybody else or it's not um, I don't have any distinct intention when I take the photo. It's just if, if, if something grabs me, then in that moment, that's it. There's no deeper reason to it than that. But um, the, the, the sort of the art that I really liked is um, all those. Like, my dream would be to be able to just spend hours um, out with a camera, but also maybe, you know, um, working in a space and maybe leaving something behind and then maybe documenting that. Like, obviously, it's, that's just not something I get to do a lot of at the moment, but like making those little marks on the um, people like, you know, at Richard Long, the walking a line and that whole those photographs, they had a massive influence on me. Um, just in, I suppose in terms of just opening my eyes up to um, other ways of expressing or um portraiture and stuff like that just never really grabbed me in a way that that sort of maybe it's a bit left of center in the photography world you know it's not directly photography but that was always the type of stuff that um would have inspired me to um I would like to emulate those artists rather than the photographs they produced you know it was yeah, but I, I don't think, I, I'm not talking specifically about photography. I could say that uh, many photographers, myself included, were um, influenced by Rembrandt and mm. uh, many of the Dutch painters yeah. and their interpretation of, of light. light. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I was inspired by Rembrandt <laughs> to become a photographer, mm. but definitely influenced the way I try to emulate or utilize or filter or adjust or discover light for my own work at a certain point when I was beginning, uh, because I just felt that, ah, that is the way I see light. And he yeah. put it in, in concrete terms and how I can't paint like that, obviously, but Maybe I can take a photo. Kind of... Maybe. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I relate to that work as more of... Um, an influence, um, whereas if I look at, um, you know, Duchamp, man descending a staircase, I, uh, I would have a reaction to that and, and go, wow, I'd like to do something crazy like that with blurring and whatnot. That would be an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's two painters, uh, one photographer, mm. separate reactions, one which would be inspired and one would be influenced. And, and so in, in defining for myself what, what becomes an influence is generally the kinds of things that, that feed the, um, the birth of a photographer, whether, whether as an artist or commercial photographer or even just someone who enjoys walking around and capturing street views i mean it, it doesn't really matter but well, maybe that's it maybe an influence is something that causes you to change the way that you see things so um that is an influence then isn't it it's an inspiration also but if, if it changes the way that you look at things then it's influenced you <laughs> <laughs> i think i i probably have f- far more inspirations then than i do influences 
Um, I, I fell into photography by accident and caught the bug, uh, as I've said many times before, because uh, you know it, it allowed me to capture things that I could already see. Um, you know, I didn't have the dexterity to 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 employ any other art form um, or any other form of capture. So it's it, it it's a it's a cheat for me, <laughs> it, it, or or an enabler. Um, and it was only later that I came to to look at photography itself photography by other people and you know i could say yes i love the work of william eggleston uh you know i i love the work of uh glennie friedman um uh and who who shot in the 70s and 80s all the skateboard scene and 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 the new york punk scene and stuff like that that with it with a huge a, a fantastic energy uh and uh i could say that i love the cinematography of of wes anderson uh maybe maybe <laughs> roger deakins but, but then those are two quite very very famous and very well loved cinematographers um you know there, there are a number i could choose from but do i go out and try and make photographs like those people no and did they ins- did they influence me in the first place to take up photography well well no um i think of all of them the one that maybe maybe is an influence is eggleston who uh his treatment of color um and negative space and just simply as the critics always used to say of him but you know you've taken a photograph of nothing <laughs> what, what is the subject of your photograph um that sort of thing actually is uh, out of all of the inspirations or influences i could say i think i think that is something that sticks with me the challenge of making something interesting out of nothing the the challenge of where it's a flash of color or uh, a slice of light uh, mm. and trying to capture that in a way that you know look, looks as good on the camera as it does to me and why it mm. caught my eye in the first place so yeah those, those are things that the, or the those those, those inspirations i guess are are, are far more numerous for me than genuine influence Mm. but i was already a photographer by the time at least i was already an enthusiastic beginner photographer before i'd ever heard of any of these people yeah it was quite different for me like i i because i came from painting and printmaking uh, lithography etching and and the likes and moved into photography uh a because it was an enabler uh to work specifically um, from photography to paint rather than go out with a, you know, an easel and a beret Mm. and (laughs) stand there with my thumb out. Um, But I I fell in love with it so quickly. And part of it was it was in my DNA. I I think I had mentioned that my father uh, was a photographer as well. Uh, I grew up around cameras, um, though it, it was just something I knew how to operate, but I never really focused on it um, with any seriousness. My father was an incredible carpenter or craftsman in terms of woodworking and whatnot, and I cannot hammer a nail, so it had nothing <laughs> to do uh, with that uh, particular <laughs> universal thing. But when I started to get interested in in perfecting um, my technique, uh, I did uh, start to study many, many photographers. And um, the photographers that uh, really influenced me were the photographers that were able to capture my appreciation of light, 
subject and context in terms of where did they live in the kind of commercial artistic sphere. In other words, there's practicalities involved of commercial techniques and whatnot, especially when you're in your early 20s and you're thinking, is this a métier? Is this, is this a, a job? Uh, is it just pure art? I mean, where do I fit in here looking forward? And, and so one of my um, most powerful influences uh, was a photographer called Irving Penn. Um, Irving Penn was touching on the very things that interested me at that critical moment where I was becoming a photographer. And I think we have a future episode is how we got started in photography. Mm. That's another subject. But uh, his work in particular um, covered uh, realms of commercial work, specifically for Vogue. He was uh, uh, an amazing tabletop photographer. Uh, he was an amazing fashion photographer. And I don't use these words uh, kind of lightly when I say amazing. Him, like Avedon and whatnot, um, created a, a, an, quote, an American style, but using very classical lighting techniques, etc. Uh, but his personal work, which uh, led him to kind of move around the world in... Um, in places that were really way off the beaten track from New Guinea to the Andes, etc., etc., uh, with a effectively a small studio and, and photograph indigenous people um, using studio techniques, but in the wild, lit gorgeously, very simple subjects, and also took portraiture, which he also did, uh, to a, uh, an extreme level, he used to say that that his client was not the person he was photographed, but the uh, person who was looking at the photograph in a magazine. So um, a brutal interpretation of somebody's um, face may not have pleased the subject all that well, <laughs> but engaged the the viewer uh, so intensely, and he felt that was a very very Im- important um, uh, differentiation. So when I, I kind of started to look at his work um, and, and started to see, he started to exhibit, and I, you, know, you start to see the evolution of the commercial work from tabletop to fashion to portraiture to kind of international anthropological work. And coming full circle back in New York and uh, photographing what I would consider the mundane. Uh, He did an amazing show, one of the most amazing photographic show I've ever seen, which was close-ups of cigarette butts against white, printed extremely large, which he printed in platinum, platinum prints. And they were exquisite, just exquisite objects. Um, And so it was his sheer um, expansive interest, but a unity of style that spoke to me. And it spoke to me in the way that I felt, well, I don't really have to feel constrained and, and, and kind of adhere to some parochial way of, of, of interpreting a subject, but I could really spread my interest 
in capturing um, globally. And so he spoke to a lot of interests. And of course, um, my path led me to follow in his footsteps, maybe a few generations after that, um, uh, working for Vogue and, and also traveling the world and taking portraits, both commercially and privately. And um, but his influence as that kind of passionate um, eye that roamed the world, uh, but with a lot of control technically, is something that I think um, I still carry to this day. And I'll, I'll just make a few quotes, and then we'll spread the love here about, <laughs> about uh, influences. But he, he was a master printer, um, uh, and he photographed in a very formal way. But his formalism uh, was never cold, never austere. It all had this kind of warmth. And he always said that a beautiful print is a thing in itself, not just a halfway house on the way to the page. So he really was uh, a person who celebrated the, the print itself, which I still do to this day. He also said that a good photograph is one that communicates a fact, touches the heart, and leaves a viewer a changed person for having seen it. It is, in a word, effective. I can get obsessed by anything if I look at it long enough. That's the curse of being a photographer, and that remains true with me to this day. <laughs> that's, some, that's some deep stuff, as ever, um, or often the case. Um, I am left feeling somewhat shallow when we have these kinds of conversations. <laughs> Would you say that he directly influenced you? You know, you're the Vogue, your your time in Vogue. Was that directly influenced? Did you kind of say, I want to do fashion, you know? Or no. did it just happen? No, no. Uh, my, my entire uh, life journey in terms of career or, or, you know, for what it is, has been a series of... of happy accidents um, that I have always taken advantage or not of opportunities mm. that have presented themselves and uh, followed those paths and one mm. led to another. Um, uh, you know, when we do the, the show on how we began, I'll, I'll talk about yeah, my yeah, journey yeah, yeah. into fashion, and which is, uh, you know, there's a lot of humor in it. But, um, <laughs> but no, no, it was not something that I had ever imagined myself mm. doing. In fact, my the first gig I ever had, which was a fashion shoot, I had to like go and study the work of, of fashion photographers from the 30s and 40s uh, and read a bunch of Vogue and um, just to see, oh my God, there there's some really interesting work here photographically mm. that is way beyond just uh, the clothes. This is Absolutely, really yeah. something and still is to this day. Mm. It, it, the timelessness of it is interesting, isn't it? Because... Uh, yeah, there there is some imagery that ages, um, and there is some that, that that just doesn't, and and so I was thinking, well, you know, who who are the influencers for for me today, right now? And as I said, yeah, you know, without going and rehashing all the stuff I said a, a short while ago about influence versus inspiration, my inspirations tend to be fairly um, of the moment, let's say. <laughs> 
I am a bit fickle. I don't really stick at much, but that's because part of the role that photography plays in my life is this is my playground. This is this Mm. is my playtime. Right. Mm. I, uh, I, I love it. And I, I love the fact that I am you know, gloriously amateuristic in my approach to it and that I know, but yeah, I'm not being held to account by anybody, um, you know, and I don't have to achieve anything. And that's <laughs> it's that relaxation that, that it allows me to be maybe yeah. a bit more creative. And so, you know, I struggled because, you know, uh, to try and think of somebody who is of the moment, who is doing work that I think could take us uh, in, into the future. But it's easy to look back to the, the well, uh, depending on pick, pick a decade, they all have their greats, don't they? The, uh, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, they, they, every decade has its great photographers. And so if I think about what's happening now and I think about, you know, the future of photography, the uh, I, I thought, well, who, who is it that's inspiring me at the moment? And and I think it, it comes down in part in large part to put to, to personality and energy and just uh, a, a, an urge to experiment, you know, uh, mm. and, and what have you. Uh, the, the really, really, I think are going to, uh, you know, especially with all the new tools that come out all the time, we live in a world of, or in a time when the photography tools are changing fundamentally. And you know, that's a good thing because it means more people have access to them. And it means mm. that we have more creative possibilities, almost too many perhaps. But I picked out a, a couple of, a couple of YouTubers, right? Because this is a, this is a, a place youtube is a place where i gain some inspiration mm. um uh, you do have to dive quite deeply sometimes to get through all the tech reviews and and stuff like that to some something that's actually about you know producing images mm. um but you know uh you know for, for no other reason than this week i happen to like these two youtube channels i will name two um, first is a young lad who I think is from Melbourne, certainly he's in Australia, um, and he runs a YouTube channel called Seventh Era. And his channel is basically about him and his mates going out and taking photos <laughs> and having fun and just very, very high energy stuff. Um, and the other is a guy called Pierre Lambert, um, who I'm not sure where he's from. Um, I I want to say he, he might be Canadian, but he travels a lot and he's always in different cities. So I don't exactly know um, where where he's from. Um, but he is doing a whole bunch of really high energy stuff in, in his case on street photography. Um, but it's it's the energy that it's the energy that comes across that I find inspiring. I don't necessarily want to create the same images that these guys do in the same way that. Mm. Well, even if I could, I probably wouldn't want to recreate, you know, the the image of, of you know, the imagery of, I know, Saul Leiter, for example, or, or anybody else. But aren't you just making the point of the differential between uh, inspiration and influence? In other words, when you look at art or photography, let's just assume you, you hadn't taken a picture before. And the thing that led you to doing it was not the inspiration. It was something or someone, um, whether it's art or a film uh, or a TV show or a character that you read about, but something influenced your thinking and your personality 
that's I think more of of an influence. It's not the thing that gives you the creative spark to just go out and do something, but what enabled you to become who you are um, is often uh, a you know it's a very interesting thing to think about mm, because. You know, you, you mentioned Eggleston. Eggleston was a real groundbreaking color photographer in in his time. I mean, even now, uh, his work, uh, print-wise, if you've seen it, is massive, I mean, relatively. <laughs> um, so uh, in some ways, he would do Cibachrome snapshots that were 30 by 40. Yeah. They blew my mind <laughs> when I saw them. That inspired me. I came to him much later, but but um, I would say that he inspired me. But influences were more coupled with the driving force that led me to become an artist or a creative person. Yeah, yeah. That's so different. so mine, mine definitely fall on the inspiration side then. I, I, in which case, I have to say, honestly, I'm not sure Go I can on. quote you a single <laughs> influence. <laughs> I don't think there's any. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything that I can put my finger on right now that I would say is is definitely an influence by that definition. So, so uh, I'll just get my coat. You know, <laughs> I'll get my coat as well because I would be hard pushed to name anybody either. And I do. I get what, what you say about the energy of those guys um, that you're watching doing the street photography. That's kind of what gives you the the drive to maybe or it makes it fun or it seems like fun and you want to get the camera out uh so i suppose they're they're influencing you in one way and inspiring you on the other hand so yeah well yeah emer would you say that spiral jetty is something that influenced you or inspired me um influenced me yeah i think so yeah 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 case I in would. point yeah 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 because it's more profound the work is profound. It, you know, it's more than like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to put some rocks and some water, build a little thing and take a snap. No, it's like, oh, my goodness, I don't think I've seen this commitment before yeah, to the interaction of nature, visuals, yeah. light. That's influence. That that gets you in the heart. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's um take back to Andy Goldworthy, who I've mentioned before, yeah. probably loads of times on this, sure. uh, probably the biggest influence in well, that respect. Then There you go. You and influence. inspiration. You see, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's not. <laughs> It, it's 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 a subtle nuance, I think. It's a, <laughs> I think I think I, I, you know, one person's influence another person's inspiration, you know, and, and vice versa. But it's, yeah. it's but that that's possible too. It does make right? it does I make mean, for that, very that makes interesting conversation. Cool. And you know, I don't I don't often think too hard about why I like photography. So these these conversations are refreshing for me and a chance to think a little bit more about it and I you know, sort of ponder a bit and uh, yeah, okay. Uh, do, uh, do I do I seek to achieve anything? Do I really have any photographic goals uh, other than having fun? <laughs> um, I don't know that I do. Maybe I should. Maybe I should set myself some goals. But I am incredibly lazy, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> it's it's difficult to it's difficult to imagine volunteering for a, a bunch of really really hard work when I regularly have plenty of work thrust upon me. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Case in point, you have kids. 
Oh, yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, they went to man with the grown-up children. That yeah. lets you off just, the hook in some yeah. ways because my kids are grown now. So, yeah, um, so we can only aspire to have that much, um, you know, time in our hands. Well, time, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. time is, that's the thing. What are you going to do with your time? Uh, certainly, uh, we've come to a different understanding of time during this global pandemic. Yeah. Um, and and we'll continue to do so. Uh and that will create a lot of different kind of work. Um, so in many ways, the pandemic, the pandemic itself has inspired us uh, and many hundreds of thousands of people to do different things or, mm-hmm. or approach the same thing in different ways. Um, and, and so that, to me, is going to be inspirational, maybe not in the way that we always imagined. No, it certainly has for me. I mean, in in a fundamental, you know, tangible way is a lot of a lot of my photography time was based around walking around London because that's where I was commuting. Um, Mm. And, you know, and do you know what? I'd be terrified to go to London right now. (laughs) (laughs) I would too. Unless I could drive in in an an airtight vehicle or something like that, which is not easy to do in London, even even when there's not a lot of traffic. But um, it's... uh, it, it, it's forced yes it is def, definitely things are different now so so you can try you can i think that the, the the challenge for me in that way is to turn that into maybe not inspiration but you know um turn it turn the constraint into creativity that's inspiration mm. uh, well possibly but again, inspiration as or constraint as inspiration influenced by a sure. yeah yes a necessity <laughs> is the mother of invention and all of that sort of stuff that's what they say <laughs> yeah <laughs> interesting stuff well i tell you what i good, good uh, as good a conversation as that is sadly it's probably time to to uh start wrapping up um so we should go to our picks of the week um jeremiah what's your pick of the week well my pick of the week is obviously a great fabulous book by irving penn and it's called worlds in a small room it is a, a dazzler i have a copy that i bought new <laughs> but when i look Oh, can I get out of print? And when I start to look, oh, here's a copy of it, uh, kind of a rough copy for $50. No, here's a good copy for $450. (laughs) I mean, it's insane. Uh, But you could hunt around and get it used. It is uh, uh, an amazing book. And, um, you know, I also, uh, in the notes, posted um, basically the image Google search of Irving Ped world in a small room so you can get the taste of the kinds of pictures he was taking as he went on that journey um, and took pictures the likes of which you've never seen before interesting yeah here on amazon uk uh, i can get it new but it's 900 pounds <laughs> The, the 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 cheapest is a hardcover version i think the paperback version is 900 pounds the hardcover used version is over 100 pounds so clearly that's a a book that is well sought after <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy i have my original copy uh, i'm sure yes yes it's uh, could, could come in useful as part of your legacy <laughs> i gotta get it insured <laughs> now times get hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, dear Ema, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week, sorry, no, I haven't even put it in the show notes, is um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the art centre that I work in is open again. So our first uh, exhibition is by a photographer, um, interestingly enough, and his name's Dennis Mortel. Now, he's a commercial photographer mostly, but um, 
spent an awful lot of time photographing other people's artwork as well um, for galleries and stuff. And there's some lovely work on his website. Um, but he went back to do a master's, I think, and wanted to kind of get his own practice, art practice, a bit more established. So um, his exhibition is called Protectorate. And um, the actual cover image for it is a statue of Oliver Cromwell, who, um, Adrian, you will probably be aware of. I, I, uh, I've heard his name mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the town where I live was um, apparently the only town in Ireland that he did not manage to sack. The people kept him out. Oh, right. So, so. this town has got a massive um, history with that particular Cromwell. So uh, uh, a lot of the work, it initially, I think, started out as a bit of a commentary on Brexit and all that, but all this stuff that's going on currently with um, the statues of all these um, famous uh, slave traders and what have you, and, you know, uh, respectable and not respectable people, uh, feature heavily in, in Dennis's work. So it, it's even become an even more topical show. Um, and hopefully um, in the next week or two, uh, we'll, there'll be a bit of a podcast happening from my angle uh, speaking to Dennis about that work, so um, a little plug out for that. It's not made yet, but and also um, I'll put his website into the show notes. Uh, some lovely, lovely work of his in there um, of, you know, his commercial work, as well as some beautiful art shots. Sounds um, good. From various galleries and spaces around the place. Cool. Excellent, excellent. Well, I I have uh, one that is uh, in in the interest of this week's theme, uh, one where I find some inspiration on a fairly regular basis. And this is uh, what's it called? A magazine. I'm not sure I've ever seen it on a newsstand, uh, but it's called Hunger Magazine. And this is the the creative child of a a very famous fashion photographer called Rankin. And uh, yeah, uh, Hunger Magazine. Uh, I'll put the web address hungertv.com uh, in in the show notes. And uh, there's a this is uh, almost a a high fashion magazine style website where things flit around and there's lots of stuff going on. And uh, there's some fantastic imagery there that inspires me. Again, maybe not something I'm looking to recreate because I don't have the. <laughs> the, the budget i don't have the makeup artists i don't have the the outfits i don't the i don't have the the, the you models. don't have a wig that big <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of wigs in it yeah, yeah. there's a there's a lot of really avant-garde type stuff yeah. i know it's a much used phrase i i guess um uh but it's it's something that i find inspiring because you do see some some really quite unusual photographs yeah, or or just or just people breaking the rules, you know, mm. shooting shooting portraits with fisheye lenses and and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just just lots of stuff there just to inspire you. Lots of ideas to sort of let it wash over you. Really, it's a bit of, it's a bit brutal on the eyes. The website, <laughs> if you let, if you let it wash over you and and let some of it seep in over time, um, there's some good inspiration there. If possibly, well, who knows? For people who are just starting out, maybe influence as well. <laughs> Um, and on that note um, I think that's the end of our show for this week 
so it's uh, well we have been the future of photography hopefully Chris will have rectified all his technical issues and will be back with us next week um, but in the meantime from, from Jeremiah and Ema and I uh, thank you very much it's been uh, an honour to speak to you over the internet this week and we'll be back to do it again to you next week take care bye 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 all bye bye You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.